I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about the Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red Oliver, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Yay. What's your favorite fruit, Molly? My fave fruit? So glad that you asked. Um, probably a watermelon. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that just because I've seen you enthuse so much about strawberries. I do love a strawberry. Yeah, I mean, you can like No, no, no. Yeah. I I do, but like, boy, there is nothing like a big old bowl of watermelon. Wow. I have never been a huge watermelon fan, but I mm. recently discovered salted watermelon. Hell yeah. And I like it so much better. Oh, uh, yeah. What's my favorite fruit you're asking? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is pineapple. Ooh. With cherry giving a strong performance as a I runner. I love up. a cherry. Give me Ooh, a bing, a give good, me a Rainier, mm, fuck me up, Jerry's. Mm. A maraschino even, like a fancy maraschino. Ooh, like I like the black maraschinos. That, yeah, that's what yeah. I have. I have them in my cupboard. Oh, girl. Yeah. Anyway, this is now a fruit fan account. <laughs> <laughs> Please tweet us your favorite fruit. <laughs> Thank you. The podcast is now called Red Delicious All Over. <laughs> JK, those apples are trash. Ooh, disagree. <gasps> you like a red delicious apple? I love pretty much every kind of apple. I love I, apples. There is some mythical apple that I found at Whole Foods Whoa. like years ago. I don't remember the name, but I can tell you I never found it again. <laughs> because if I had seen the name, but it was the most delicious apple. Yeah. It feels like a Greek myth. It feels it feels like my own personal <laughs> fruity monkey's paw i love this i love this um it, i feel like apples are uh the office in terms of fruit that i like i always say like oh my favorite television show is like something interesting and not basic but in yeah. the end of the day it is probably yeah the office and i do love an apple okay anyway glad we had this talk yeah me too <laughs> i think it's important to provide wholesome uplifting That's content right. as we discuss <laughs> this grim grim television show Whew. Boy, all right. Well, we're discussing season three, episode five, The Unknown Caller. My first note. Oh, they got phones in Gilead? <laughs> I just was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, oh, like, have we seen anybody on the phone? <sighs> Very good question. I feel like if you look in the background of some episodes, you can see the one commander playing like Snake. Um, but no, I'm teasing you. I, I do not recall. No to self. Download Snake. I also saw somebody on the bus playing Solitaire, and I was like, ooh, I gotta get back on that shit. Mm, Minesweeper. Wow. Classic MS. <laughs> 95 games. MS 95? You mean Molly Sanchez 95? <laughs> because I was five years old. Hello. So yeah, there are phones in Gilead, and they play a big part in this episode. They play a huge part in this episode, uh, written by Marissa Joe Sirar. Mm. Marissa MJ. Can I call you MJ? <laughs> Super sorry. Ooh, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for that too, Michael. <laughs> um, Michael Jordan's like, are they talking about me? <laughs> no, Michael yes. Jordan. We know you're a fan of this podcast. It's not about you always. Uh, could you please sign my copy of Space Jam, which I purchased <laughs> from Amazon when I got drunk one time and I said, why don't we own Space Jam? And I bought it. 
the moral of the story is dreams can come true. So tell me about Marissa Joe, the writer of so this So Marissa Joe is notable, I think she is the first black woman that they've had as a staff writer. Whoa. Unless there's something we don't know about Dorothy Fortenberry. <laughs> Fully open to being wrong. I don't yeah. think Dorothy has a photo. But Melissa comes to The Handmaid's Tale. She was in the writer's room for The Fosters on ABC Family. Ah. She also wrote on 13 Reasons Why, Ooh. which I never watched, but people were like very upset about. Mitch loves it. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to talk about a show I haven't watched. Yeah. Well, that's cool. She, I think she did a good job. Oh, man. I really liked this episode. I didn't like it as much as episode three. Still my standout from this season so far. One more notable thing about production staff. This is directed by Colin Watkinson, Mm -hmm. who was the DP for a long time. So congrats to Colin uh, for his promotion. Good for you, bud. Marissa Joe, so exciting that you're on staff. Yeah. I will say, and and we get into this kind of a lot, but I think that, you know, a show like this being show run by a man is weird. Uh Uh-huh. But I do think that Bruce Miller does his due diligence in trying to not only like promote people and move people mm-hmm. around, but specifically to promote women and move people, women around in their writers. Yeah. Room. So I, I got, I got to give him props. I'm also wondering if, um, Reed Moreno is coming back this season. Ooh, Cause she so. directed so many episodes before. And I mm-hmm. think of her kind of as one of the people along with Colin Watkinson, who sort of set, visual tone for the show i agree anyway this is a great episode for me i don't know what your overall impression was but i really enjoyed it it felt on the one hand like it was pandering to me and my specific (laughs) like life experiences and then on the other hand i feel that i am being personally attacked and we will talk about why that is later (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know me. I love a Serena Joy focused episode. I still think Yvonne Strahovski is an angel among us. I think OT Frank Benley gets sexier every season. This episode in particular, yeah. like super sexy. Also, he acted the shit out of some really tough material. This is the meatiest stuff he's had to play with since he had his own episode in season one, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I gotta say, I'm kind of meh about this episode other than those things I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they, to me, it feels like the show is running on fumes yeah. a little bit. And and I don't, it, it's, they're good fumes and they're beautiful film fumes and they're well-acted fumes. I'm just like a little bit like, you're stretching for time a little bit. But let's get into I it. I cannot explain my sudden like... <laughs> conversion i think here. we had a freaky friday i think we moment. did have a freaky friday because honestly with episode three i was like okay i was like what up and the show was like i got you <laughs> well let's get into it so oh my god i was just imagining like what kind of phones do they give to the wives and i was like is it like a like a toddler iphone where there's only like symbols for everything it's a jitterbug <laughs> yeah i mean we do see later yeah. Serena's got a Nokia. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's like the... It's not... Okay. It's not the worst part of Gilead, but like on top <laughs> of everything else. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, what are you, me in college? Uh, <laughs> the show opens with sort of... Uh, <laughs> this is from the previously on. Oh, yeah. I had a thought about that, too. 
it was Bertha Rochester with her hair all messed up. And I was just like, Bertha Rochester is living my best life. <laughs> like, she doesn't brush her hair. Oh. She gets to go to bed whenever she wants. <laughs> that sounds great. That's interesting <laughs> that they specifically shouted out her hair in the previously on because they make a mention of it. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I did not pick up on that. What I did pick up on is, I don't know if we've talked about this in a while, but like smoking in, in the book and in the show is such a sign of like, a symbol for bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's like you get to do something on purpose that fucks up your body, but it's your body to fuck up. And that's why it's so significant. Anytime Serena Joy lets her smoke with her. Cause it's like, you are on this same level of control as I am, even though neither of them are. Anyway, I think it's interesting to reshape something problematic in like an empowering way. I mean, I think cigarettes have always been a symbol for empowerment. Sure. In like in film, yes. Yeah. In reality, they are a horrible <laughs> uh, addiction that is very hard to give up. We can't stress this enough. Don't start smoking, kids. <laughs> Don't start smoking, even though it looks so cool on the hammy. It does look tail. very cool on the hammy tail. So we open up sort of June's monologue over shots from the protest in Canada. Uh, and, a plus baby acting. I but Hicole looked like Chucky. Like when they like were like so close up on her in the beginning, and I was like, "Why are you making her look like a fucking demon?" Oh, baby, I think you're bringing some baggage into this. No, I thought she looked really cute. Uh, not in like the very first shot. She looked like scary. Oh, I didn't perceive it that I, way. That's how I found it very scary. They also have this neat scene of like the the shopping speeding up around her, like a music video. I I think my favorite scenes are always in the grocery store because mm-hmm. it's just so striking and beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of the few, like, white backgrounds that mm-hmm. we see. There was the snow at the Mackenzie oh, Summer yeah, House. And there is Lowe's and Fishes. Yep. I love That's it. about it. So she says something here that I think is funny. Oh, my God. Not meaning to be funny, but is funny to me. She goes, a miracle is beyond human power and she's she's talking about hickle and like how hickle is a miracle but a miracle is beyond human power and then she goes it was me i did that yeah just like okay i'm like june simmer down yeah i also when they were showing luke i just wrote in all caps luke holding a baby oh yeah like damn i did that is in my notes like if you're a single dad of a certain age um Really? I mean, I always thought I'd be a great stepmother. <laughs> yes, you have you that know? great joke about it. Yeah, I do have a great joke about it. But I mean, I like I'd prefer maybe for them to be a little older, but like mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't want to I don't want to like have that weird connection, but I'm like, oh, you know, I'll help you with your homework and stuff. All right, redheads, hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I a lot of people are citing May the Force Be With You as their favorite retort to uh praise be but i gotta say bite me is my (laughs) new favorite i think that's really funny how she like kind of snapped at carol like that did we get into the nobody dies from lack of sex because that's from the book yes yeah Uh i don't know if i wrote that down but yes that Um, does come from lack of love that kills us that's right and she says that during the flashback and i'm like tell that to my birth control june Um, and she says that during the part of her flashback, which is about them dancing at the club, the night Super they conceived cute. a baby. Yeah. The night we made Hannah. That always creeps me out, though. When people say when people they know say, the day. I know. I think that that's gross, That doesn't bother too. me because you can totally track it to like a specific day. Well, because they weren't trying either. Because remember, it's a big not shock. not trying at yeah. the club. <laughs> but like... Ooh, uh, ooh, uh. 
Yeah. Getting it on in the club. Listen, the club. get your apple bottom jeans with the boots with the fur off the my fur. couch. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, please continue with what you were going to say. <laughs> just, I, I don't like it when people say the night we made insert baby's name. I'm like, can you just say conceived? Yeah, just say crotch fruit like that one redhead you always said wants you would us to never say. say it again. You said you would never say it again. It came up who's, organically. Who's laughing now? Listen, that redhead. I'm nothing. Whose name I forget. I now. don't remember. I'm nothing if not a grade A panderer. <laughs> I think what's neat about this is that there are a lot of double entendres in this episode of like characters saying one thing that means several things, which is very at I was going to say, oh, is there wordplay? Yeah. Oh, but get this it? I think is more artfully done at Woodian kind of dialogue than I've seen other places. Like sh- when Carol is kind of popping off at June, June says her rightful place is with her parents. And Carol takes that to mean back with the Waterfords. But June yes. means June means with, with her biological her, parents. Yeah. And the other thing that's like weird to me is that, and this comes up throughout the episode, but when Carol says something about her husband, I'm like, oh yeah, isn't that marriage null and void in Gilead? Like, why are you talking about it in the present tense? They are being real fast and loose with the H word. So I will say, as much as I like this episode, this is a little bit of a world building fail to yeah, me because. I agree. I for agree. as much as Gilead loves to make up words for shit, they didn't yeah. come up with like, I don't know, like sin mate or something. <laughs> Your sin mate. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. So I just, I found it so <laughs> weird because it's legitimizing the world outside of Gilead. There's a lot doing that this episode. Well, and again, I think that's what's tough. As much as curious as I am about the outside world and how it interacts with Gilead, it is really challenging to believe that any of this is holding up yeah because how is like just nato in the un not being like hey you fucking dickweeds this is just stupid yeah. this is real dumb yeah. all of your problems could be solved by ethical non-monogamy yeah and co-parenting yeah i know the next scene is the interior of j-law's house we see a mirror again. We get it. Mirrors are a device in this show. We see Bertha Rochester's new hairdo. It looks really nice. Also, I, yeah. did he yell her name? Is her name oh. also Hannah? Oh. He yelled something and it sounded like Hannah or Anna. Oh, and man. I thought when he was like, oh, is that a new hairstyle? I thought Hannah was in there. Whoa, weird. Yeah, look, listen, I calls him like I misconstrues him. I, <laughs> I believe her name is her real name is Eleanor. Okay. I think I've heard him I've, I've heard him say that before, but who cares? Just like off Matthew, she now has the name that we give her. <laughs> uh, so Bertha, he says Bertha's hair looks like it used to, which is, I didn't realize a callback to the previously on. No, no, no. So that's interesting. What do we make of that? Why did you put that in the previously on? Like, it's not that big of a... I know. Like, weird. Oh, we Bruce knew. Miller's like, oh, no, 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 they're not going to remember her hair was weird. <laughs> like, we I can't re- tell women's hair apart. They're we, not going to know. We remembered that her hair was busted. Like, yeah, we got she it. was not doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her whole character. Yeah, except yeah. for that one time when she was like super useful. Oh, and I guess today, too, that she's got um, a musical side. 
I will say this this sort of interaction with Joseph, who I'm now calling J Law. <laughs> this interaction with J Law was really like. But I just updated all my notes to say Joey Lawrence. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Uh, this was a really satisfying interaction for me because I wrote more people need to tell June no. No, <laughs> I, I completely how, agree. I just love how right out of the gate he's like, no, whatever you're asking, no, thank you. <laughs> and he has, he does get a zinger. I think they could tell that I was kind of cooling on this character uh-huh. and they threw him a really good zinger right off where it's about, is my husband safe? I don't know. Has he checked his blood pressure? That's a silent killer. <laughs> Woo! I thought that was super corny. I love. That's fine. See, we just, we like different stuff. (laughs) Bruce Miller takes care of us both in this episode. That's right. But mostly Marissa Joe. That's right. And good for her. And so he goes on to this whole thing (sighs) where he says they're all in danger. And I'm like, are you? No. I mean, we know from the book that he does go down in the first wave of purges. If he's the analog for... J. B. Frederick Judd, who they say in the epilogue, okay. is the creator of the colonies, just like they say I don't in know the why show. I thought it was Lawrence in the books. It's not. It's it's Judd. Okay. Um. Anyhow, I could see why they changed that. Yeah. They didn't want us to spend this whole podcast singing "Poor Judd is dead." <laughs> yeah, Poor that was Judd a very real possibility. Fry is dead. You don't know Oklahoma? No. Oklahoma. Anyway, um, like I said, in the epilogue of the book, they mentioned that in the first wave of killing off commanders, B. Frederick Judd was a creator of the colonies and was wiped out. You're up to speed. Yeah. You were saying that you're not sure how in danger he is. I'm not sure how in danger. I mean, he's certainly not as in danger as June. Yeah. I mean, Gilead has been handing out second chances left (laughs) and right. But June specifically says, are they going to do something to Luke? And he goes, they? Another double entendre. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's like, don't you mean we? Me? Like, yeah. you've pretty, you've recommitted to Gilead. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, too. So the next scene is the office where Serena is waiting for Fred. You know, you can hearken back to that whole line about women are constantly waiting for men mm-hmm. here you go so she's waiting for fred and i wrote bruegel's down, there bruegel's there i wrote more bruegel more bruegel and bruegel does great this episode bruegel needs a backstory bruegel needs a backstory bruegel needs a backstory Ugh. i want to see her son yes i want to see more depiction of the like quote-unquote wartime years yes or like on. they keep making references to like oh like there's this battle in chicago i'm like make what the battle scenes like Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> Honestly, we are due for like a character hyper focus episode. I'm down for that. Give me an Aunt Lydia backstory. I need a Give Aunt me Lydia. A I need a Rita. I'm really actually like we don't even know Carol's real name. No, we don't. What if it is Carol? <laughs> if it is Carol. If it is Carol. Scream. If it is Carol, we're buying all the lottery tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Solid. 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 Solid plan. plan. Solid plan. Yeah. I, I'm really uh, craving an episode like that. Hopefully we get one soon. Because they mentioned this in the previously on where they have June saying to Serena, like, wear the dress, pull some strings. As soon as this scene opened, I'm like, is that Serena's idea of a fuck dress? Because I have a few pointers. <laughs> I think that is too conservative a fuck dress. <laughs> 
Um, but maybe it's not. She doesn't <sighs> fuck within it. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it really not. isn't even up to the standards of my personal business sexual line. Mm-hmm. So, ah, uh, yes, the Kelly Alec Anakin business slut. Yeah, <laughs> easy for me to say. So he invites her into the room with all these men who are discussing the minutia of Hickle's quote-unquote abduction. Mm -hmm. And so this was interesting because he was like, you know, come in, you have a role in this Mm -hmm. too. We don't get a sense even by the end of this episode if this means he's like taking June's advice to heart here. And we also know... I think this comes up like after this scene, but it's like, we know that he knows that she sent Hickle away and he is stunningly fine with this. Well, he reshaped it in his mind to be like, she was crazy because of him cutting off her pinky. And so she did weird things. Okay. But even so, I think Fred, the amount of like mental gymnastics Fred does every single time he interacts with women is just astounding. I was thinking about him and J-Law the other day and how like, Fred is like the well hello lady like nice guy TM type yes. dude versus Jayla being more of like the Reddit like 100%. well actually 100% yeah 1000% yes those are there's only two kinds of men yep. <laughs> and we nailed it and that's it <laughs> and OT fag Benley is neither um, oh baby so they kind of talk about how they've done pretty much everything they can do legally to get Hakol back Mm -hmm. because it's hard to extradite a kid what they're not saying is like oh yeah when you kidnap a woman and rape her and force her to have a baby it is hard to get that baby back wow turns out so weird Gosh, we did not think this through. Boy, back to (laughs) the old drawing board. Okay, number one, figure out a word for people's husbands. (laughs) Number two. How about sin mates? (laughs) What about sin bad? I'm just spitballing. (laughs) I'm just spitballing. (laughs) Get home, doofy commander. (laughs) We told you to watch the door. (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted your bit with a bit. But you're laughing, so I don't feel (laughs) repentant about it. This scene is basically like they're giving her Nicole's most current vitals because they could get the Canadian government to be like, here's her like footprints and Mm -hmm. her weight. She has a tooth now. Um, She'll be chomping her way to freedom. (laughs) And Serena is like so happy to see all of this information. And then all of them leave. And then it's just her and Fred in the room. Right. Mm -hmm. She says something to the effect of she wishes she could see her one more time to say goodbye. Immediately, I was like, bitch, this is a bad idea for so many reasons. Yeah. Yep. Primarily, I know you and your trademark changes of heart. Woo! So, like, I was on high alert already. I know. And just, like, I mean, talk about the mental gymnastics and the sheer freaking audacity of what yep. eventually happens. Yep. 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 Oh, and we also find out that currently Luke is doing construction and electrical work. And I said, ooh, Luke is handy. That's, I'm looking for like a handy mm. single dad ooh. who's just like, though, like really hot. I'm sopping wet just like thinking about it. Extremely hot <laughs> single dad. All right. With like excellent boundaries. Okay. She's putting out the call. <laughs> Lock up your brothers. Fire up the slut signal. Slut <laughs> signal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was there a sale on business slot clothes? <laughs> nope, just the regular slut signal. We have 
Is this where Serena says, I just want this to be over? Yes. I took this to mean that Serena is also on board with hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. But she's also just catching up with the rest of Gilead. Yeah. And I do get the sense more this season than in previous seasons where like the residents of Gilead are really running into the unsustainability Mm. of this supposedly infinitely sustainable society they've built. It feels like everybody's patience is wearing thin. Yeah. I mean, even if you look back at like, oh, like I mean, Aunt Lydia clearly out of fucks to give. Yeah. Super fucking done. Yeah. And even people like the Putnams. Oh, yeah. Like they're bumping up against the lack of compassion mm-hmm. that is kind of fundamental to Gilead. Because if you start seeing the handmaids as people. Right. And, you know, if you give them an inch, they'll ask to be your handmaid again. Right. Like, geez, you know, there's just I feel like everybody's really feeling this strain. Absolutely. I agree. Probably says something to the unsustainability of that specific brand of mass oppression yeah yeah (laughs) so if you were thinking about doing this maybe wait till the end of season three before you like make it happen use it as a use case (laughs) back at the lawrence house june is upstairs chilling with no hat and oh this is a phrase that has never meant something good in gilead bertha comes upstairs and is like they're here for you this time I was like, it has to be the water first. I thought so, too. And it was. It was. I know. And it's like, God, this is so awkward. Very awkward. Well, because, I mean, I think as far as they know, you know, Joey Lawrence is banging her ceremony style right. on the regs. Yeah. And ugh, just like the whole. Ugh. It's like when you run into your old coworkers with your new coworkers. It's just like. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an old partner with your new partner. Oh, yeah. Ooh. This is why I never go anywhere when I'm dating someone. So stay at home, dad. Handy. <laughs> super hot. Homebody. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Joey Lawrence is down there with his wife. The Waterfords propose this visit with Nicole. And the first thing I wrote, and it took up most of the page just because I kept writing it over and over again, is don't, do not, no, stop it, cut it out. I just wrote a visit with Nicole and then in all caps, June. I know. I don't know why. But then, so like June says no, which is what she should say and what she should have kept saying. She should have just kept saying it. Although it's really weird that they gave her a choice. Insane. In this society where nobody has any choices. Very weird. She gets to have this choice. I mean, I'm just finding out that there's phones. So I'm <laughs> reeling. There are phones, but they must be kept in a briefcase at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you don't see people using them. Yeah, that's so funny because I think the laptop he was using was in a briefcase as oh well. Oh, my God. So Samsonite just won the telecommunications <laughs> contract. Oh, truly. They're the Hugo boss of Gilead. <laughs> June's like, I'm not going to do it. And then Serena's like, give us a moment. And everyone leaves. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Leave the women alone together to plan fucking sedition. That's why we have Gilead in the first place. The <laughs> women aren't alone to talk to each other. <sighs> oh, I know. I do agree that the world building in this was shaky. And, you know, big task. But again, to try and do that. I but. was so much more charitable toward. Look, I have fucking raked this show over the coals. Yeah. For almost the entirety of season two. Like, I have gone hard. Yeah. And this bothered me so much less because they paired it 
uh-huh. with instead of like these extremely big like plot set pieces it was all about the characters emotional reactions mm-hmm. to what was happening and i, I think that is when this show is at its best I think that's a very this show point. is at its best when it's not trying to move people around. And honestly, if the cost of that is that Hikole is a MacGuffin for the rest of the season, <laughs> I'm a hundred percent fine with her being the One Ring. I do that's not fine. care. That's fine. I think that's well said, and I agree with you. So my next note is just co-parenting is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote June. No, make a prank call. Don't do it. <laughs> well, and also, so like, she's like, oh, so what do I get out of it? And then Serena's like, what do you want? And I'm like, can you not negotiate your way out of Gilead for this? Yeah. Like, I don't uh, It's tricky because it's like she doesn't want to go without Hannah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this seems like a great opportunity to, like, move yourself in that direction. And all June says is, I want you to owe me. Which I feel like June, I don't know. Like, do they use dollars in Gilead or like, is it like ducats? Like, what are you using? Obviously, it's a favor. Shekels? Is that a thing? (laughs) Like, and I fully understand the power of having like an ill-defined favor coming your way. But it's like, if the size of that favor isn't going to be me and my daughter getting out of Gilead, like, I'm not sure what the point of this is. Me neither. Well... Well, but she doesn't have certain information at this point. So anyway, she agrees to do it, which is wrong. Yes. And then she calls him. Oh, boy. This was hard. I cried. This was so hard. I cried a lot in this episode. I can only be salty to a point because I do end up crying every episode. So it's clearly effective storytelling. I appreciate your grain of salt because (laughs) they had me hook, line, and Gilead on this one. This is an interesting thing. Luke is in a store in Canada buying baby formula. I had to pause it to see Mm -hmm. what it was. I figured it out from the dialogue. First time I heard it, I thought maybe he was buying cigarettes or something uh and then i rewound it's like no baby shaming that's what was going on because they the illusion is that most people breastfeed their own babies and he got no breasts so he has to use oh that wasn't what i got out of it at all please tell me most people don't need it and i thought that was a reference to the fertility crisis oh damn maybe it's both it could be both that's cool that's a great reading either way 46.99 Thank you so much, showrunners, for not showing anybody else try to put their crusty ass nipple in a baby's mouth. We <laughs> don't need that a weird ever one. again. I so well, and because you know, all I think about when that happens is that episode of Family Guy where Peter like goes on that women's retreat and he tries to breastfeed Stewie. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't think about Into the Forest. Oh yeah, that's what I, I think did, about. but I like Into the Forest so. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, buying baby formula, he gets a phone call. Now, this was taking a big gamble because I don't know about you guys. You I all do not pick up. <laughs> also, what is this bullshit Android nonsense? Unknown caller. That's a scam likely and you know it. I know I wouldn't have picked up. Either. And it is a scam. It is the scammiest scam. I know. I like that part of the end where she's like, Anyway, um, do you have time for a quick survey? <laughs> yeah, that's the most unrealistic thing about this show is that anyone would pick up an unknown number. Your opinions are valid to us. Yeah. <laughs> so June like has to like hold it together. Joey Lawrence, I thought, was extremely compassionate in this scene. 
like in a weird way. What do you mean? Well, he was like holding a tissue for her. That's it. And you're like, yeah, ally. Gilead has worn me down, Molly. I do not have appropriate expectations. Also, I have terrible taste in men. Why do you think I'm trying to put out the word and the slut signal for this nice, wholesome man? Preferably with a real big dick. Okay. Oh, damn. Real big dick. Wow. Like real big fish, the band. (laughs) A lot of skanking, if you know what I mean. Oh, boy. We're a delight. Yeah. Okay. How do we work backwards from real big dick? June's like... She's got two minutes. Oh, my God. This made me cry. And, like, he's crying. She's not crying. And She's got real shark eyes on. Well, because... Well, you, what else you are you going to do? You yeah. don't want to waste your two minutes. Yeah. And you don't want to give these fuckers a satisfaction, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Luke just... Uh, it's just... I'm like, I don't even remember what they say. Because it's just like the raw emotion of them having not spoken to each other once in two or three years it made my heart hurt it was so hard to watch he just says i love you i love you i love you Mm -hmm. so many times and it still doesn't feel like enough when she ends the phone call i know i know because what she has to say is that the waterfords want to come and see nicole and luke is like no (laughs) and we're like yes good job luke Mm -hmm. and he says, all right, her, but not him. Yeah. And I'm like, see, June, somebody knows how to negotiate. <laughs> God. Duh. Oh, sorry. This is an afterthought. Sure. But the cashier at the store had prosthetic arms. Yes. And possibly both of his. Like he had. Yes. He didn't have both of his arms. Yes. And I was curious if he's also a refugee from the war. It was um, tricky because I didn't know. If it was worth mentioning because it was intentional or it was just like, we yeah. hire all kinds of Yeah, actors. I mean, and I think either way, it's yeah. very valid. Yeah. Um, it also reminds me of this great movie called The Best Years of Our Lives. I love that movie. That movie's so good. That, now, you talk about a movie that makes me cry And you talk so about a movie hard. made in the late 40s that holds the fuck up. Oh, my God, gang. That movie could have been made yesterday. It is so good. Good. So good. Like, honestly, like, stop listening to this trifling podcast. Oh, my gosh. And go watch that. And then come back and come back. And then, and then, like, come back, then, and come then back. finish. We'll but still be here. But that actor that, who I believe you're referring to because yeah. he has prosthetics uh-huh. is Foyne. And he's not even an actor. He just, just he was working he just, in the movie he industry. that story. And they were like, come be in this movie. And he won all the Oscars. They all the Oscars. They made up an Oscar for him. All God, you gotta watch this movie. It's so good. I'm gonna have to watch it later because it also has my sweet baby Myrna Loy in it. Oh, oh, I love her. Okay. Boy. We will literally turn this into a best years of our lives podcast, so we're gonna have to move on. You all, it is so different talking at this time of night versus in the morning because usually we record in the morning. I think we're a little like not as like punchy but it's night it's after work we've had some dinner we've had some laughs we're ready to go had a lot of caffeine (laughs) so in this day to get me to this point so if we're a little more meandery than we usually are it's just because we're having fun and we want you to have fun yeah we're having fun and uh, you know there's some heavy stuff happening in this episode so anyway they negotiate that serena is gonna come and not fred Oh boy, I was just like, it's a trap. It's a trap. Stop it. Stop it. No, bad, yeah. bad, bad. I mean, look, Admiral Akbar's right yes. there. Yes. 
My yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, Mon Mothma's going to be so pissed. Oh, boy. So the next scene, it begins with fire from J-Law's Chez Panisse kitchen. It's this I just wrote June plus fire plus Bertha. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote that Ooh, down. In, well, I mean, obviously, if we are extending this whole... It was about that metaphor. And then it was just like, you know, it's very like, and then there's Maud. <laughs> this is maybe a little late to be explaining this. But the reason that we call Mrs. Lawrence Bertha Rochester is in reference to, spoiler alert, Jane Eyre, uh, where uh, her boyfriend, Mr. Rochester, has his wife living in the top of his house. Uh, in- because she's quote unquote crazy. Not if you read Wide Saga So See, baby. I was just going to say, <laughs> there is a reclamation of the character. Yeah. Sorry, I who just is, like uh, who is even dropping. in Jane Eyre is a woman of color. Right? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That's right. Anyhow, so the reason we call her that is because her character is very reminiscent of that Jane Eyre character. But what Kelly is referencing with the fire <laughs> is that sp- Jane Eyre spoilers ahead. Bertha Rochester burns down the house and succumbs in the fire. I would burn down a house if my ex husband was keeping me in an attic. Honestly, samezies. Yeah, like honestly, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm sorry he didn't die. <laughs> Even though as like a dumb child girl, I was like, how romantic. Listen, we all like that. I'm still like genuinely misty for Mr. Darcy. And we don't have time yeah, to talk about that. Okay. We don't yeah, have time. We, really we don't, have time. don't. Anyway, that's why that's we call her Bertha. Spinoff podcast, Red All Over, spelled R-E-A-D, the way I misspelled it to Margaret Atwood herself. Oh, boy. It still stings. Still stings. Look. Anyway, so Bertha and June are having a moment. And... It's really sad. It's it really is, but also I wrote "lol commander mixtape." I wrote that as well. <laughs> um, However, I then immediately wrote in quotes, "I missed the man who made them." Can't stop crying. Oh, also, God. this is where I wrote they are trolling me specifically <laughs> because Joey Lawrence J Law mm-hmm. made all these mixtapes for Bertha oh. in college. Before he started writing all these esoteric books. Yeah. And, you know, uh, devising uh, cruel systems of manipulation. And, you know, the only thing that's weird about all of June's interactions with Bertha Rochester is that for some reason, June's like, yeah, I'm like the sidekick in a rom-com. I know. And she's like super chill. With Bertha, considering what the fuck is going on in her life. Well, I did think it was interesting. I clocked what I thought was the beginning of June's scheming face. But I think it was more just like what you're talking about. She's like, well, I might as well get involved in this romantic C plot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is there is an echo in here of like, she's like, I don't think it's bad to hang on to a sliver of a person. Oh, God. If that's all you have left. I know. And this this whole thing with uh, J-Law and the whole thing with June and Luke, it's so hard to watch as somebody whose ex-spouse changed their gender. Aww. It is so hard because that's such a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. And it's just like this idea of like being separated from somebody either by having grown apart or like then changing in ways that you can't understand like in the way like it's something that i think about with clea and also with luke where it's like how in the hell do you you know there's obviously no going back 
Yeah, which you is know what I mean. That gets made really. There's strongly. no going back to how it was before, but like, how on earth do you pick up the pieces mm-hmm. with this person who has not experienced what you've experienced? Yeah. Anyway, and then with Bertha, it's like we don't even know what happened to her. Well, you, you can know? kind of see why maybe she is feeling shell-shocked because she's uh, the person that she thought she could bet on took this hard, maybe not even hard, but like a turn so gradual, like she couldn't even see it I happening mean, until it was too either, horrific. I, like, I don't have an opinion at this point on what that journey was. I think they are very much setting us up like we're going to explore this whole thing yeah. of like, what was it that changed him mm-hmm. was it gradual how does she feel mm-hmm. about this whole gilead thing yeah you know what are his actual motivations if he has them so i am on the hook for this yeah. i feel very invested in this in the same way when we were like what is serena joy's backstory mm-hmm. and i mean like less so than fred because like fuck that guy yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> i think where they're really setting us up hopefully for a really like one-on-one focused episode of a character where we really get good meaty backstory mm-hmm. i really hope. hope so that's to me that's how you justify a whole other season yeah that we're currently in not anymore <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like with june going downstairs and finding the boxes of tapes in the basement they were really flicking our epilogue clip a little bit? i did <laughs> i did i wrote it somewhere i wrote it exactly like that <laughs> i did not write that i wrote something about the tapes because if you haven't read the book there's an epilogue and historical note section that says that the whole reason we have the story of the handmaid's tale is because we found audio recordings in a footlocker in somebody's basement Mm -hmm. that tells a story so i think they made mention to tape recorder in season one i think when they're at the safe house and they're making reference to it again i pray they are setting us up to show us the epilogue it's also interesting because this would not be one of those tapes no 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 because this tape doesn't stay in the basement no so i am really really curious if we're gonna get that yeah and also if we're gonna get professor piotto yeah and the whole gang yeah and the gilead cosplay several meetings of chair (laughs) um arctic char oh yeah Hello, I have one more joke before we exit the scene. Please lay it on me. <laughs> Being J-Law's handmaid is like me in high school. No sex, you cry all the time, and you hang out in a basement listening to tunes. Is that a joke? Yeah, very sad. <laughs> hey Oh my God. Like, yeah. am I in a hot topic? Like, yes, what is happening? Yes, you are. Oh, Buy Lordy. me the bracelet. That means I'll do hand stuff. <laughs> Anywho... The song that is on the tape is You Make Me Feel Like Dancing by Leo Sayer. Okay. All right. Not really much to dig into. I can't, like, they're trolling me and I can't even be mad because the era specificness of the songs on the tapes is integral to the fucking plot. I know. And it makes sense. So fucking... Check and mate, Bruce. Check and mate. Bruce Miller is like, oh, I hear you don't like my music choice. What about a whole episode where it matters? (laughs) You know what? Can't fault you. Look, I mean, honestly, like, foof, foof. Good form, Peter. Good form. The next scene is in the beach house. Serena Joy. (laughs) 
Serena, the music kind of fades in and Serena Joy is at the beach house looking wistful. And I wrote, I swear to God, if this thing becomes a rom-com about older couples getting their groove back, I will scream. Oh my God. Like, honestly, like the real estate alone. Leave me out of this Nancy Wait, Myers No, I was shit. like, where is Nancy? <laughs> Nancy. I feel like she and Bruce would totally be friends, though. Oh, for sure. And, like, they get together on, like, the anniversary of James Scandalfini's death, R.A.P., and, like, have drinks. I believe Nancy Myers herself is perished. What? Wait a minute. Don't let me start that rumor. Hold on. We have to do a wellness check. Nora on Ephron the- died. Yes, that's who I'm thinking okay. of. <laughs> Never mind. I was like, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's still with us at time of recording. Hold on, Mom. <laughs> uh, too much fun sorry about that so anyway Yvonne is is gathering like baby photos and all of these things which, that she's packing up to take yeah to give to Hicole and I'm like I wouldn't hold your breath I know I think she was more like doing what a lot of us do when we visit our childhood homes and we're like this will make a really good throwback picture <laughs> this, is a, this is a keeper and Rita comes in and they're kind of chatting about this and Yvonne's like, I want her to know who I was. And I'm like, oh, mm. you mean the weird monster lady who raped her mom and pimped her I mom know. out to her driver? I know. Because um, like, woof, like that's an NC-17. Yikes. So anyway, she shows her. Now, did you get what this um, heirloom was? To me, it looks like just a metal. I think it was just like a prayer metal or something. Because it is, do you know the Bible verse? I don't. It is Samuel 127. I have prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. In some in some translations, they translate child to boy. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, I think the sentiment is sweet. But you're right. It's kind of, you know, muddied because... The sentiment is sweet. And something that we didn't mention, when Fred and Serena are back with all of the other commanders, mm-hmm. she says something about is he a man of faith oh, and they're yeah. all like uh he doesn't live in gilead so nah dude mm, yeah and he does like i think he swears a bunch uh on the phone and like you can see serena like wincing and i'm like you're a rapist <laughs> like i don't really feel like you get to police his language yeah i agree so anyway i love that rita cries a little bit when talking about the baby and she asks her to give her a kiss for her that's when i started crying as well yeah just a little weepy, a little morning weep for me. And I keep writing, this is such a fucking trap. She's got her baby snatching coat. She is ready to go. I hate this. Rita gives her a wrapped up something ah. in brown paper, which I was like, this is a cassette tape. Oh, um, wow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a letter, but I'm So it not said quick. to Luke. Yeah. And so she, you know, gives it to Serena and she like secrets it away in her bag and whatnot. And she walks out and I wrote... Which verse of the Bible says, blessed are the matchy-matchy, for they never <laughs> clash by mistake. <laughs> I know. I was so happy watching this that, like, so many industries are dead in Gilead, but it's so nice to know that Maidwell is still around. Because <laughs> you know Serena is rocking a medium transport tote. <laughs> I just know that Hicole is going to need so much therapy. I know. <laughs> like, however this ends. 
I also would love, I'm probably not going to do this, but a chart of the greetings and responses. Oh. Because when Serena goes, okay, so Serena goes to the airport and is on some giant ass freight plane. Yes. So I, I think we're supposed to see this as a parallel to when June is escaping to Canada in the Ooh, freight plane. Oh, that's right. Anyway, please continue. And then the guardian who's on the plane with her says, blessed day. And then she says, under his eye. So there's different combinations depending on like who's addressing who which i hadn't realized because i hadn't we know i don't think we had heard the martha greetings no until the episode about the marthas yes so anyway if anybody has been paying really close attention that'd be really let us know what you think i would love an infographic i would also love i would die to get the sort of showrunner bible for this show just to see how it's done i think that'd be so fascinating uh, well if they do more than three seasons which i know they won't because we've been begging them not to <laughs> i don't know if they put out they you know but i could totally see them putting out like a you know guide yeah if they called it gal's guide to kill i swear to I god swear to god swear to god but i will say though shout out to the hulu social team like they really took the note that people are asking a lot about the minutia of uh-huh. stuff instead of directing people to our podcast which was kind of rude not to do that but um <laughs> they did a really robust job on instagram like really well, which is also great rents. because there is that one that has a lot of misinformation on it floating Ooh, around i out hate there. that infographic yeah. so much it's like very good thought and nice execution but the information is wrong any hoozle we're off track again no we're on track um so <laughs> no, no no molly we're on a plane oh right 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 Anyway, parallels don't have tracks. They have runways Um, and sky miles. I have male face blindness. So when she got off of the plane, I had a split second where I wrote some hottie question mark. And then I said, ah, yes, it's treason and I thought so too. Because I was like, is this that dude that bought her a drink or nah? And then later, because he brought that up, I went back to that place and I was like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Never let it be said that I don't keep meticulous notes <laughs> when I am confused by <laughs> bit actors on this show. And you know what? I can't let this episode go any further without stating a truth universally acknowledged. Please. Oh, Yvonne is so pretty. Oh, my God. She's gorgeous. She's so freaking pretty. Oh. They get her off the plane. Oh coconut sky mm. is like oh um we need to get you changed and she's like what are you talking about i'm doing my like briar rose cosplay oh and he's like well mr ban cole decided he wanted to have a meeting in a more public place so you need to look less conspicuous so she comes in and it's like we haven't seen her in normal clothes mm since flashbacks mm. but it, she looks amazing mm. and it is so different to see her moving through the world as Serena Joy as she is now. Yeah. In plain clothes. In pants. In pants. And like in the way that you talk about her status. Yeah. Like just like we've never seen her be a quote unquote regular person. Oh, I love it She's so always been in this like hierarchy, even in the flashbacks, because she was just this huge leader of the mm-hmm. religious right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like she's just, you know, she's just a girl standing in front of a baby <laughs> that she helped to kidnap. Yeah. Asking him 
really invasive questions Very about invasive that baby. <laughs> but it's interesting too. It's it's a testament to her good acting that her like posture changes so much. Yeah. When she's in street clothes versus in SJ drag. It's amazing. I love it so much. Oh, Treason in Coconuts introduces her as Serena Waterford. I'm like, so is she just not Serena Joy anymore? Because I love that her name is Serena Joy. I think there's probably a demarcation of who calls her that and who yeah. doesn't because June never calls her Serena Joy. Fred never calls her Serena Joy, but her mom calls her Serena Joy. Thank you. That, for some reason, makes it all better. So then I forget who's... I think it's Serena's like, uh, you know, like, hey, treason and coconuts, can you fuck off? And he's like, yeah, I won't be far. And I'm like, no, no one should go. I, I wrote this baby thing. has already been kidnapped once. I know. I was heartened a little bit that there was kind of a liaison and they were in such a public place, but I was nervous no, this whole time. there was like nobody else around. I know. They I were in the like, Delta Sky Lodge. It happened to, like, at the plane, because yep. the Guardian was going to come. And she's like, no, 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 no. I got this. And I'm like, okay, you're in enemy freaking territory. Oh, I don't well, like it. not enemy territory, necessarily, because they're not at war with Canada yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah, hold the phone ah! that we know they have now. <laughs> hold the suitcase phone. The next note I wrote, because it's her approaching the baby and the physical acting is so good here. OT's face. Yeah. And his just hostility and yeah. rage mm-hmm. and like oh it's really great and i love I, the I, this baby is doing such a good job in the scene yeah. she's like a little tired so she's holding him extra tight mm-hmm. and then when she wakes up she's like a little fussy but still kind of they were like listen interested. we gotta find the emos of baby actors they found her they found her they found her Hats good off. job everybody Hats off. I also wrote, I wish this was baby smell-o-vision because there are times she gets her nose real close to that cute little noggin and I just want to smell that shit. So they have this conversation and like it's uh, awkward as Mm -hmm. you could imagine. The awkward. It's very awkward but then like they start talking about Nicole and like things kind of loosen up a little a little bit kind of reminiscent of when June talked to the Mackenzies mm-hmm. about Hannah. I was like transfixed cuz Yvonne's performance here is so good. <sighs> She's so great. And like I fr- I think he was like why like why did you like send her away and like I think Serena was like I wanted her to have a better life. And then all of a sudden treason guy comes and he's like okay, time to break it up. A lot gets done here. And this is honestly well-trod territory at this point. But she and Luke have never had this conversation about, you know, Serena Joy is on the side of like, I did the thing that is the most motherly because I brought her out mm-hmm. of this place where she was in danger. But you also created Gillian. Yeah. And raped her mom a bunch of times. Yeah. A bunch of times. All the time. Yeah. Once a month. Which is honestly hats fucking off to Luke for not saying the R word to her face. Because that is all I would say. Yes. That is all I would say to this person. Yeah. That's all I would say to this person. And he holds it together really well. But you know what? I got to take my hat off to Marissa and everybody else who works on this writing team is... I genuinely felt on Serena's side parts of this. I I wrote, Nicole has two moms. Get it straight. Uh, I wrote, choke her, Nicole. (laughs) So slightly different reactions in this scene. Because she finally asks if she can hold her and Luke consents for narrative economy reasons. Once again, this baby has already been kidnapped once. Oh, my God. This bitch can never stay on the same side for very long. Mm -mm. And anyway, so she's like, very happy like to hold her and like kisses her goodbye and stuff and then treason and coconuts is like all right let's go and so she goes back into the room 
I love the detail of the shopping bags. And yeah. I was like, damn, like somebody had to get her size Oof. and like go shopping for her. And she like pushes everything off the table. And I was like, ooh, they want that Emmy for Yvonne. Yeah. This is such an like any real episode. Yeah. Another sort of parallel scene is the one that you love talking about the Martha putting on her surgeon clothes mm-hmm. again when Serena Joy is kind of like doing it in reverse when she has to take off her comfy chunky knit street clothes mm-hmm. and put on her really restrictive her hair up wife outfit is just heartbreaking and God, they picked such a mumsy fucking look i know mm. that gilead's all about like purity and yeah whatnot but god either way and crabtree killing it something else i noticed in this episode this was back when she was leaving the beach house to go to the airport there's that slit in the front that Ooh. we know has been created in the handmaids yes. dresses and capes to sort of like indicate like the lips of the labia Mm -hmm. that exists on the wife cloak as well but it's been like in that scene it was like gaping open which i don't feel like i've ever seen in the wife cape before that's neat i love trees and coconuts so much because he's like my offer still stands oh i was screaming yeah i really wanted that to happen (laughs) this part i was a little confused on because she gets back in the plane yeah and she still has the cassette yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was confused. I thought she still had the cassette. Me too. So I don't know, because it does eventually get to Luke. Yeah. Unless she took it out of the paper. But he has it in the paper. Anyway, somehow it gets to him. I don't know if we're meant to think that, like, before they take off, she, like, gives it I'm sure. to that guy. This is where you find out she has a Nokia, I guess, because you don't have to read on a Nokia. Or maybe they only gave her the Nokia because she was crossing the border. I assumed it was special dispensation. Mm-hmm. I, I bet if you got the DVD, LOL, who buys physical media anymore? Uh, <laughs> if you got the Do D- they even have a DVD of this? Yes. Actually, somebody, shout out to Carl Arthur, who does not listen to this podcast, but who gave me a beautiful DVD set of <laughs> oh The Handmaid's God, Tale that has like so a really nice. cool promotional lid to it. Oh, cool. Anywho. Is it a bonnet? No, it's, it's really neat. It's a music box. I'll <gasps> show it to you. It's really cool. What I was saying is, I bet if there were a deleted scene, I bet there's a scene that we miss where she's uh-huh. like, wait, yeah. here. And they just cut it out for yeah. expediency. Like, we are not doing with this discussion, but who cares? <laughs> um, anyway, so were you... At, I don't know if this is me just being too twitchy, but were you at all concerned that the uh, sort of metal from Serena Joy's father, BT Dubs, were you at all concerned that that was a tracking device? <laughs> No. Okay. It didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> Let me mind. take off my tinfoil hat. And I mean, but I, it, it's also just because I know religious parents and everything that <laughs> she do not put tracking devices in there. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily. But like everything she's doing is like she is trying in her mind to give Nicole the tools she thinks Nicole needs mm-hmm. to live a good life as a woman of faith despite the fact that there's at least some part of Serena that feels like the way that she's living her life Mm -hmm. is not the way Nicole should live her life. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that in a minute. I just wrote, I don't even know what this refers to. Okay. Just the inequity of human relationships. I think this might be, is this where we get the scene of Luke listening to the tape or is that later? A little later. Okay. I don't know why I just wrote the inequity of human Sounds relationships, beautiful. but I was crying a lot. I was crying so. too. Anywho, so 
I think something in this scene turns her because we see she changes in the end of the episode. I mm-hmm. genuinely don't feel like Fred is so compelling that he did it. So what happened in this scene? I also scene? don't think Fred even cares about that baby. I know. At all. He does not seem concerned. He's he like, whatever you want. Fuck. Yeah. So what do you think changes her in this scene? In this scene where she's in the plane? Any part of this Canada interaction, something changes her, I think. Hmm. Is it that she's emboldened by seeing and smelling Hickle? Is it that Luke was so, you know, quote unquote, mean to her that she was like, fuck it, I'm going to get this baby back? What I think, I think it was a visceral physical reaction. Mm -hmm. I don't think she would have made the leap that she makes without Fred suggesting it. Sure. I think it was holding her. Yeah. That's what I think. I knew that was going to be bad news bears. This is from the beginning. When she was like, I'm going to go see her to say goodbye. I'm like, even just seeing her would have been enough. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, like, you're crazy. Yeah. We know that you are. Yeah. And we know that you're unreliable. This Mm -hmm. is such a bad idea. Yep. Fred meets her on the tarmac. And he kind of gets the lowdown of how it went. She gives him a souvenir, maple syrup. um, uh, And uh, she says, because he's like, how was she? And she says, she was perfect. And then it's Black Swan. And <laughs> <laughs> speaking of music boxes, mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to happen. Oh, no. When yeah. she hugged him and said, it's over. And he said, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like, as soon as he fucking said that, I'm like, what are you going to do? My like, Leave that baby alone. I agree. My little optimist mind was like, oh, he trying to fuck? Maybe that's what they're saying. Yeah, he's always trying to fuck. <laughs> what show are you watching? He was in a room with a prostitute practicing his like repentant husband <laughs> shtick last oh, week. Oh god, I hate him so much. Or two weeks ago. <laughs> I feel like every now and then somebody pops up on the official handmaid's tale discussion being like, Did you know Fred was hot? And I'm like, Yes, <laughs> but also very scary in this show. Let's not lose sight of it. Like it was Joseph Fine's birthday the other day, and they're like, Hey, it's Joseph Fine's whatever number birthday and i go that's awesome wow he doesn't look a day over creepy as fuck (laughs) i mean like also do they know what actors are though because that is what they like all actors are like baseline attractive (laughs) and then like oh oh baby did you not know this is not a documentary to timothy chalmay that is an unpopular opinion, gang. I think he looks real gross. Anyway, um, <laughs> I feel the same about Ansel Elgort. Oh yeah, but I don't. Know I get if it's the just similar that I'm vibe. Old, I get a similar but vibe. But like, I'm just like, I don't get it. I get a vibe. I get a vibe. I feel it. So they're at the also st- that guy that played Han Solo. Ooh, disagree on that guy. Okay. Well, anyway, so they are at my favorite place. They're at the store again. They're in the kimchi aisle. What uh, are these jars, though? I think either like some kind of sauerkraut or like pig's feet. <laughs> they look to me like the fucking babies in jars from the bell jar. Yeah. And I do not think that's an accident. Well, it's also, I'll tell you what about dumb accidents is that she says, got a jet and you can hear the plane going in the background. No. You can, I don't know if you can hear it, no. but the scene transition is literally the plane takes off. June comes in and says, got a jet. Now, that might not be anybody's fault, but the editor. We don't know if chronologically they happen at the same time, but wow, that was silly. So there's a conversation between Carol mm-hmm. and June. Mm-hmm. And it comes out that Carol is pregnant again. 
and she's not thrilled. She says she wasn't able to tell her commander or anybody else because everybody was so worried about Hikola. And yeah. I was like, bitch, nobody else is talking about Hikola 24-7. I agree. I thought that was weird, too. That was so weird. I mean, unless her commander is like directly involved. I mean, on the other hand, like the women can't read. The yeah. gossip must be epic. Yeah, you got to get on that hot goss train. But I think this is interesting because we finally see some of Carol's like interiority mm-hmm. and we see her facade slip a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I like the part where she's like, but I think it'll all be okay. And then and Ron s- Howard swoops in and is like, it wasn't okay. <laughs> I said, dude, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> because immediately a bunch of guardians come in uh, and they hustle June into one of these black vans. Never a good thing. And like, honestly, if they didn't want her to freak out, they should have brought the Rachel and Leah mobile. But anyway, I'm just imagining June being like, can I just drop these groceries off at home right quick? Like, I just, I can't steal these groceries. It's right down there. It's, can you drop me off, please? They said that uh, I already ran up my tab too high. So then the next scene is with Luke taking a walk and he's listening to the mixtape. And for a split second, he and we think, did she just make him a mixtape? I didn't lame. think that she made him a mixtape. Oh. I thought she just sent him one of Commander mixtapes. So mixtapes. I was like, that's But then cool. this is where I wrote the fucking tapes, bitch. Mm-mm. And this is one of the most awkward ways <laughs> to tell your spouse yeah. that you done been in an open relationship for a while, but he shouldn't be mad. Yeah, I understand. I don't know how better she could have done. I don't. Well, look, she's got very. I was making a. I was making a funny. A what? A funny. What? A joke. I never. Okay. She's telling him I had to make a life for myself here. Um, you know, Nicole was born in love. Her real name's Holly. So good on us for continuing to call her Nicole Mm -hmm. because I was like weird that they're calling her Nicole. Anyway, whatevs. She's like, oh, her real father is Nick Blaine. He's a driver. You met him. And I, because I forgot, because he went to Canada. Yeah. And I'm like, yee. Ooh. Oh, right. They met, met. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Never good when you tell someone after the fact that they've met someone that you've slept with. <laughs> I should know. I was sobbing like a baby mm-hmm. through Are this because she was talking oh. about like how she's a different person now and you know she wants luke to have a full and happy life and like basically she's just like i'm staying here for hannah and like the subtext that's not being said is like i might not make it oh i love it and oh my god it was so great i cried so much i agree i think that was a beautiful scene and it was hard to watch because it was it was extremely hard to watch it was extremely well acted and just Oh, what's the uh, what's the over under that uh, Luke is going to have sex with Shush? I hope I hope not. not? Too, but I mean, here we are. <laughs> my thinking is no, because I feel like they've lived together long enough mm-hmm. that they would have maybe so, they wouldn't have by now. But just like, OK, I don't know. I don't know. I, I put it at even odds, apparently. Because okay. now that I'm trying to be like, eh. but I also think it's more likely that if they go this route this season, they introduce a different person yeah, that probably. Luke, you know, like some nice like baby handling lady Aww. from like Canada. A BHL. <laughs> I love that. 
So the next scene, we don't see her. We hear her first. Aunt Lydia opens the van and I wrote, fuck. I was just like, was my assumption. I was like, uh, did they finger her now? for oh god not that way god we haven't seen that creepy obgyn in a while i'm thinking that serena has dropped a dime on june and been like june did this yeah so i'm like expecting like an interrogation and like aunt lydia's telling june to take off her clothes with No. no explanation as to why i calmed down a little bit when she brought in a box which we find out contains an executive handmade outfit i loved it and i was like oh that's what you get for wearing that sweatshirt all the time <laughs> we noticed that you've been showing up to formal events in a sweatshirt <laughs> very weird please dress accordingly we're gonna think that gilead is sloppy and as they're going into this studio i wrote as a joke at the top of this page ha 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 is she getting her sears portrait taken oh, oh no it's much worse <laughs> much worse she's getting her harry potter sears portrait taken <laughs> by which i mean <laughs> by which i mean a video <laughs> whoa man i i do not imbibe marijuana but isn't it weird how like gifts are harry potter portraits basically oh my god send tweet anyway um (laughs) so when the lights came on i can tell you don't imbibe marijuana because nobody (laughs) nobody calls it imbibing marijuana are you sure i've taken a drug oh my god (laughs) what a fucking dork you give people who don't do drugs a bad name and the next note I wrote was, oh, shit, is this about to get real meta and they're shooting a reality show called The Handmaid's Tale? If so, I'm on board for 10 seasons. <laughs> the next couple notes I wrote, I think through the end of the episode are just, fuck. I wrote classic Serena because June recognizes that they're on a set. Jeez. I was like questioning, like, why is she there? But I think they bring June there as a threat. Yes, of course they bring June there as a threat. And she does not bother to school her face at all. Turns out Hicole is about to be Hicole of Troy in Battle of the Bands, U.S. versus Canada. Somewhere Nick was like, what? (laughs) I thought submissions were already due. Yeah, there's no Nick because he's in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you miss him? No. You know me. I I'm forgot, a Luke stan. I forgot his last name. And then June said it. And then I forgot it again. You so said I, it perfectly. I know. But that's only after an entire day of me being like, what? What is it? Oh, God. So <laughs> they they end the episode with this like super tight close up on June's rage filled oh, face. I'm like, wow, that's a weird way to end this ransom video. <laughs> But, you know, they're they're (laughs) just imagine you're giving me rage. You're giving me rage. Keep going. Keep going. And cue the YouTube. So, right. I didn't like that. I liked it. I didn't like it. I don't like you, too. I think I don't like Bono. I think Bruce Miller would get along real well with my mom because they both love yeah. the boss. And they both love you too. They both like bothering me from time to time, but ultimately love me. So. And they both talk like this. Yes, my mom has been known to talk like that. Stromboli, Mama Sanchez. So, do we want to? Did you have anything to say before I start dissecting that song, baby? No, I mean I think I'm actually pretty excited. 
I'm excited. I'm too. feeling really excited because, again, I'm very pro Hickle being baby MacGuffin. Yep. That starts that war. Like, I'm into this war. Yeah. 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 That was, she's starting a war or whatever. I was going to say my second, like, hook reference. Uh, <laughs> we want a war! <laughs> but I mean, you know, this is going to cause an international incident. Yeah. Boy, that is ramping up. I'm or excited. incidents, plural. Yes. I agree. So anyway, worth talking about the U2 song that swells, which is Sunday Bloody Sunday. Is like one of U2's first songs to really hit big in the U.S. And it is about a 1972 incident where 13 Catholics were shot by British soldiers in dairy. So unintentional dairy girls crossover. I will say, I think it does function as foreshadowing. Yes, absolutely. Like, does. oh, people are going to die. Oh, people gonna die. I hope a bunch of main characters die. That yeah. would be a really great way to earn my respect. Hashtag everyone but Luke. The end. Uh, actually, hashtag everyone but Luke and Rory. I feel like I want Rita to live. And Beth. Okay, now we just want everybody to live. No, that's four people. Okay, that's enough. Beth is the besto. She make it the pesto. That's right. Don't yeah. you forget it, kids. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have um, several more episodes to go. Yeah, there's... Uh, how much is math? Eight. Eight episodes left. Uh, 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 a hefty uh. amount. Yeah, I I feel good. I think they have done a great job so far of kind of smoothing out the rough edges mm-hmm. from season two. Mm-hmm. We've reached some new stasis. Yeah, they I think are playing to their strengths. Yep, and we are gonna get some. You know. Osborne Van Cole realness Ooh, yes. uh, for the rest of the season. Yes. And yes. yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. I hope they have something cool for Moira to do. Me too. And that she's not just like Luke's cheerleader. Me too. Though I did think it was very cute when she like scruffles his hair at the yeah. end of this episode. That yeah. was cute. Whew. All right. Well, take care of yourselves. Take care of your girlfriends. And Nolite Tebastardes Carbrandorum. Dump. That's not you two, and we know that. I did not. (laughs) 